Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Today, we're taking it back to the stage at our Create and Cultivate New York City conference to share a special conversation between actress and activist Amber Heard and Mandana Diana, who is the founder of the amazing voting and civic engagement platform called I Am a Voter. As you're probably well aware, as women, it is a crucial time to get educated and get active in our democracy. As the lead changemaker at I Am A Voter, Mandana interviewed Amber about her role as a UN human rights champion and why she's refusing to accept the status quo. Today's episode can also serve as your not-so-subtle reminder to vote, vote, vote. Let's take it to the stage. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so honored to host a conversation today about using your platform for good. And I genuinely could not think of anyone more deserving of being celebrated than Amber Heard. Um, Hosting this panel today, uh, my name is Madonna Dayani, I'm the founder of I Am A Voter. And hosting this panel today in front of all of you here about this topic. um, For an organization I poured my entire heart into uh, is just like completely surreal, so thank you for being here. And there is Nobody that I think is more deserving and better encompasses the courage and the passion and honesty and conviction it takes to fight for justice than Amber Heard. Um, That's true. Thank you. Um, Over the past 15 years, she has worked with Syrian refugees, the ACLU, UN Human Rights Office, and the LA Children's Hospital. She has fought for LGBTQ rights, women's rights, family separated at the border, and I may be biased on this one, but the importance of voting and participating in our democracy. I obviously read everything that Amber has said and written in preparation for this, and I found this quote where she said, we have to continue to use platforms for good when we can, and they can be incredibly galvanizing, engaging, and useful for social movements. For me as an actor, it's not good enough to just be an actor. It's never been good enough to just change my life. 
I really want to see the world a little bit better than I found it. You seem to know very early on the power of your voice, and you began volunteering at 12 years old and spent mornings before school at a soup kitchen in Austin. How did you realize this passion, and what made you take that first step to just giving back? Well, I want to start by, I want to answer your question, but I want to start by thanking you, uh, because I feel, I feel compelled to point out to the audience, uh, you know, mostly, mostly filled with women. I see a few allies out there, but, <laughs> you know, we're women here, and I want to point out you as a human being, as a woman, you continue to blow me away. You, <laughs> I've known a lot of lawyers in my life. Um, unfortunately, I spend a lot more time with them lately than I'd like. Uh, but I have to say, as a, as a lawyer, as an activist, as a mover, as a social changer, as a leader, you blow me away. Your humanity, your compassion, your unstoppable force, the fact that you saw a problem and took no answer other than yes. It's, it's just, you really, I'm humbled. Thank you so much for letting me be here. And oh I God, felt honored to be you. invited by you. I have to point that out. Thank you. And thank you guys all for being here. Seriously, this is awesome. I love you. Thank you. So yeah, I, I did start early. I, to be honest, I think it was probably, you know, a requirement. It was a school requirement that I do a certain amount of volunteer hours. It's typical and like, you know, uh, religious schools or private schools, and in my case, uh, when I was old enough to get back from it, I started, I started working in a soup kitchen, and I think it started to click for me about 12, like about 12 years old is when I started seeing the human component of service. Uh, you know, the, my volunteer work has taught me on the ground through the eyes and the direct contact with the people that I was able to, uh, my time affected, I was able to see uh, the most common element of, of, of this kind of work, which is our common shared humanity. That's what compels me to fight to ensure the human rights and dignity of everyone. Uh, and, and I have to say, you know, abstract, you know, policies about, uh, Politics or, you know, policy debate, they can be wrapped up, issues of peace and justice can be wrapped up in those um, kind of vague political debates. But, but, our, but, but really what connects us all, like our basic needs being met, our basic rights being protected, is um, undeniable and universal. And, uh, and I think it just that activated something in me that was unstoppable. I started going every morning before school. Um, you know, uh, it's one thing to, to talk about, you know, food deserts or unlivable wages, uh, you know, or, or uh, cyclical poverty, but to see face-to-face the, uh, you know, see face-to-face -face the people that are affected by the consequences of these institutions is a whole other thing. And it taught me, you know, among other things, that there's this, there's this element to poverty and this, these conditions that was lost on me as a relatively privileged white kid who always could get food if I needed it. It, 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 it taught me that the mistake we make in seeing homelessness is this issue of, uh, you know, uh, character flaw as opposed to the flaw in the institutions. 
um, was really humbling and, 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 and deeply connected me to the sense of and the reward of um, being on the ground and, and giving back in real time. That kind of reminds me a little bit about your work in Syria. Um, you went with the Syrian American Medical Society to visit the largest camp of Syrian refugees. There are about 660,000 refugees amongst the 5.5 million that existed at the time. And you said that that experience left an indelible mark on your soul. And you, after leaving there, did a lot to help some of these children get life-saving treatment that they needed. And, and I think that you talked a bit about what that taught you about like fundamental human rights. Um, can you just share what that experience was like? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because people keep saying to me whether I'm in refugee camps in the Middle East um, or I'm, you know, in refugee camps uh, on our border. It, they keep, like, looking at me. I, I'm presume, presumably white. <laughs> at least that's what it looks like. I don't know. And they like, what do you have to do? Why are you here? This doesn't even, you know, almost by way of like complimenting me and I and I think it's interesting because it really points out that what may be obvious to all of us which is if one person's human rights can be violated that means all of our human rights can be violated if we live in a world that is unfair unjust and even worse, one that we're not willing to fight to change, then that means the same injustices and, and, and tragedy that befall uh, groups of people who may not look like you or be your group, it means that same system can abuse you, can take you. You can lose to that same system. And so I can't help but see my part, myself as a part of that community, that, that place in that community. And I have a position where I can amplify voices of people who have no, no tongue, no mouth. I can be there to raise awareness to people who are forgotten and, and their plight is exacerbated by being forgotten. And I, I, I just I can't think of a more important thing to fight for than our basic human dignity, our basic human rights, and the right to health is is one of the, the most fundamental basic right human rights that we hold and i think you, you fight for a world that's better for you because why wouldn't you why, the world that's better for someone else is going to be inherently better for you and it's not like that right now it's getting there and it's it's improving but it's improving because we're telling stories we're engaging we're motivating we're acting on things we have been improving the conditions of humanity since civilization started and I want to be on the when when down the road you know in the future when someone looks back on this time I want to be standing on the right side of history and that change I want to have been yes. there <laughs> one of the most common struggles that we hear from our community of small business owners is hiring Hiring is no joke, and that's why it's one of the largest learning curves for business owners. It's why we're stoked to be partnering again with one of our favorite platforms, LinkedIn. It's so true. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. When I first joined Crane Cultivate, we were a small but mighty marketing team, and now we are a rockstar team of five. 
Our holy grail for hiring is always LinkedIn. We're able to post jobs, look for candidates that might be interested, and with the recruiter features, we can connect directly with women who might be a fit. But that's not all. As a new member of the Create and Cultivate team, my updated LinkedIn profile has brought us new opportunities for partnerships, speakers, and even contacts that might be interested in working here in the future. I know it's known for being a platform to find jobs, but honestly, the benefits of LinkedIn as an employer and small business team are just as impactful. They are the best when it comes to finding people to work for you and also finding the best of the best and not just anybody. And when you need a plus talent, don't leave finding someone great to chance. I found that LinkedIn is really one of the best resources to go to post your job, to make connections, to grow your career, and discover new job opportunities. Recently, I saw that one of the other teams was going to have a new hire down the pipeline, so I just reached out proactively to a few contacts that fit the bill, and boom, we had a new hire before things even got dire. Honestly, I find joy in searching around and looking at career trajectories and accomplishments of women in our field. Shout out to all the connections I've made by doing that. The internet girl gang is very strong on LinkedIn. There you have it. LinkedIn is great for new gigs, new contacts, expert partnerships, and of course, for your next dream hire. Today, we're offering work party listeners $50 off your first job posting on linkedin.com slash work party. Go get your hire on and get the support you need. That's linkedin.com slash work party to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. So I'm going to veer a little bit. I, you know, I used to work, I, I was a lawyer and then I worked in fashion and I, I used to work at, with Rachel Zoe and ran that company for a while. And I remember when I left, I, I felt so boxed in by that experience. It's just like a term I always use. Like every, after I left, everyone thought that I was going to talk about fashion all the time, or there was this persona that was created for me from being on this Bravo show. And and I didn't know how to reconcile what everyone thought I was with who I knew I was, which is someone who profoundly cared about justice and so many different causes. And I, and I was like, I, I don't know how to bring these two worlds together. And someone that I profoundly respect looked at me one day and just said, who the fuck cares? Just tell your truth. And I was like, oh, that that is kind of the permission I needed to get to just be who I was. Um, yeah. And I, I would imagine that that is something that you must deal with, which is what the world thinks of you or what the world expects you to be versus who you are and what you care about. And, and I look here today, and I'm sure many of you have careers and things that you do where you feel like, well, let's actually, how many of you in here, I guess, feel boxed in by your social presence? That like you feel like your audience expects you to talk about being a jewelry designer or being an entrepreneur or being a mom. I would love to see hands. It's quite a bit. Yeah. And I, 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 would, I would venture to guess like almost everyone in here, especially women. Women are always expected to create a brand. Even if you don't have a social media following you earn money from, you have to constantly, as by the time you are 12 years old, you as a woman know that an implicit apology will be expected of you for how you look. You're too, if you look too good, you're too skinny, you're not skinny enough. You're too sexy, not sexy enough. Too old, not old enough. It's always something that you have to, it's like the burden is always on us to, even before social media, we were creating the, well, the space to be responsible for how people perceive us being our responsibility. When I was a little girl in school, like I had, 
I, I remember I, I, I fought in futility for years to boycott against the dress code because I kind of liked my short, my skirt to be slightly, you know, shorter than the thing, the average, and I had really skinny legs. And so I was like, let me have this one thing. I want part of my legs to show, you know? And I was told I couldn't because it, you know, it's, it's not fair to the boys, you know? That's, in fact, that's why, our, you know, we, ha we couldn't even take our jackets off. And I was like, wait, wait a second. Why is it incumbent on me? Girl, why are you an adult telling me it's incumbent on me to mitigate the responses of how men and young boys behave with me? Why is it not incumbent on them to control their behavior and treat me with dignity and respect and humanity like I deserve? Why is it my job? You know, it's, yes. it's true. It's like, so we're already branding, even before the social media. We're always, it's always, you go into an office and you dress a certain way, you, you, you go on a date, you, you have to always be, and you look at the covers of women's magazines and literature, and you'll see them covered with how we please men, how we apply ourselves to men. And that's what we women have been doing for so long because we're constantly seen through the male gaze, through the male lens. And our nuances of our stories, you're weird, you're smart, your political mind couldn't possibly coexist in this fashion, you know, in this fashion presentation. No, no, because you know why? An image of that has not been presented to the public. Of because it's been told through the male gaze. So we see, we see, you know, hot bitch or threatening bitch, and then we see young girl sexy, and then we see the not threatening best friend, and we see these really narrow archetypes of ourselves, and we don't even have examples of the varied, nuanced, complex, diverse, movable, malleable as aspects of the female experience. We don't get to see any representations of those because we haven't been, at, we haven't been behind the camera or the paintbrush, you know? We haven't been behind the pen telling them. And so the brand is real. The brand that, that we feel pressure to apply to, to not lose followers, or to be liked on a date, or to get a job offer, or to be competitive in the workforce, it's, it, it, it's, it's something that I think, when you, when you ask to show of hands, and like four, you know, like four women raise their hands, I think I, I would argue wouldn't you, that everybody here knows exactly what those pressures feel like? I sure as hell do. And I just got like social media like a year ago, but I've been running this company. But what do you, so I mean, and I, so all I did for the last year of my life was just tell everyone that like, I need you to vote, I need you to tell everyone to vote, post this thing, just tell everyone to vote. And a lot of, some people were like terrified. I'm like, we're a nonpartisan organization. I'm literally just telling you to post something that says, please register by this day. And that's, as non-threatening as it can be. And there was a lot of like, it's not my brand, or I'm scared I'm gonna lose followers, I don't know how to deal with the backlash. I guess we've talked about this a little bit, but what would you say to those people? <clears throat> <laughs> Wake up! I would just say, look, if it's good enough for you, if you like the way things are right now, and this is good, like you're happy living in a world where it actually takes a considerable amount of your energy and effort and time if I propose. Imagine what you would do tonight if all men had a curfew at 9 p.m., for instance. And you have to think about it, and then you're like, oh, hell, that thought experiment is dark, I know. But if you're happy with that world, 
that you've been living in. You're happy the way things are. You're happy earning your 60 cents to the dollar. You're happy with everything that you say play out. Then don't do anything. You're doing great. <laughs> but if you want to see it change, let's break it open. Why not? It is so much more valuable to be, to, to I would much more, I'd much rather, because I always, I find no trouble in finding the unpopular position. <laughs> Not great at timing. I can get there. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't mean to do it, but what I have learned in that is constantly saying, I get, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather, when I look back at all the things I'm proud of that I've done, I am proud of my professional accomplishments. Sure, I'm proud of movies. I'm proud of the things I've done. But it is nothing in comparison to the pride I feel for the things I have stood up for because they were right. And not only did I do it because they were right and because they were true, I did it despite what it cost me. And that's like a sort, that's a wealth of, of, of pride that gives back to me and will give back to my daughters and my future, the, their daughters a million times over. I am proud what I, of what I have done, sure. I'm proud I did the hard stuff. Because when I've stood up for something that is right despite what it's cost me, it has always made an impact. And it has definitely always upset people. Because only the people that are benefiting from the positions of maintaining the status quo, the positions of power that enjoy the luxury of being in power, those are the, are, are the opposite of who are incentivized to change it. If you're getting a free ride, why would you bust the car open? You don't want the wheel to pop off. Other, everyone here, just by the nature of us being mostly, you know, anyone who identifies as a female, you already aren't getting, you're, you're already not in the right seat. <laughs> you're not enjoying the ride. So, like, why wouldn't we stop? Why wouldn't we break it? Why wouldn't we take the wheels off and stop trying to retrofit it into a system that we're not happy with? I would rather lose followers. I'd rather be unpopular. I would rather go down for being who I am than to be popular for something I'm not. Wouldn't you? Yes. yes. So yes. lose the followers. You'll get a lot more. <laughs> Trust me. You'll but get a lot more. And that was kind of what we all saw with Nike this year, which was how incredible it was to see an yes. iconic brand just do the right thing and not care about the consequences and then just explode and grow so much from it. And, and I think that was like an, a beautiful example for yeah. everyone else. Um, well, I think disruption always makes, it always causes a lot of noise, you know, crazy screams loudest. And I think it just, people will always be upset when you disrupt the status quo. But like I said, unless you think things are great and you enjoy all the privileges of how things are right now, then, uh, then you got, then, then. Then do something. You gotta say something. And actually, now we have the most power. We have the with our with the power in your hands right now. You have more power. We're a generation, uh, uh, daughters of a generation of equality, and we really have inherited too much to accept anything less than that. It is our burden to to push it forward even more because we have the power, all of us are connected, and we are part of an increasingly loud, interconnected global community that will take nothing short of justice. Yes!
Hey ladies, listen up. We've got a new vitamin that's perfect for women on the go. Between meetings and unanswered emails, sometimes our health can take a backseat as women. That's why I really am a big fan of Ritual. Honestly, like when I started 2019, I wanted to make sure that I put my health as a priority and Ritual has been a huge help as it relates to that. It allows me to get all the nutrients that I need and these two power-packed vitamins that I take on the go. I can take it in my car, I can take it in between meetings, I can put it in my purse, um, and it's not too much of a hassle for me, which is honestly what we need now. Being so like busy here at Create and Cultivate, always creating um, different campaigns, and we're revving up for our new conference, and our summit, so this is honestly like one of the best things that I've been able to implement during my time at Create and Cultivate, and it allows me to just really be healthy and alert and uh, get all the vitamins that I know that I'm not taking and I know that I need, but it just takes the hassle of going to the store and having to pick all of those out away from me. So I can just order it online. It's really easy to take. Um, there are two capsules that are less than a dollar a day. And honestly, like we spend so much money on coffee and going out to eat that it only costs a dollar a day to put your health as a priority. It's a win-win situation. And honestly, what I love most about Ritual is the fact that it's simple to order. You can cancel it at any time. And But also, you're not going to want to cancel this because it's so great. You're, you're going to want to like always order and make sure that you're not missing a month because it's super convenient. So better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is is offering our listeners 10% off during their first three months. So fill in the gaps in your diet and take advantage of this offer. Visit ritual.com backslash party to start your subscription today. That's 10% off at ritual.com backslash party. We talked a little bit about when you came out to your family, about being in love with a woman and about, you know, I think it was the 2010 GLAD Awards or anniversary event. Um, and you said you wanted to offer young people someone to look up to and that maybe things to you, someone else would feel more safe being who they are and more honest about it and feel less inadequate. And you said that a lot of people warned you not to do that. They said it was going <laughs> to... Not one person said this oh, really? is, is going to be okay. <laughs> not, yeah. Not, and it was going to be really hard for your career. And yeah. I mean, what made you decide to not heed their advice? And and to just not agree with them. Trust me, I, I, you know, to be, to be, just to clarify, I didn't come out at that event. It's just labeled, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of distributed in the media that way, I think maybe because it's more digestible, but I was, I never came out. I was never in, but I did, like any actor, I slowly started, you know, people started paying attention more and more and more to me and taking pictures of my personal life or unplanned events and people just started to care as I started to work more in this industry and uh, I was in this time at the same time again great with timing uh, falling madly in love with a beautiful woman um, with whom I am very close to this day and have tremendous amount of respect and love for but as I I see that this is going to be this is increasingly problematic as people in my life are telling me you're a romantic lead, you can't do this, blah, 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 list all the reasons why you can imagine, and some probably are not obvious, but they listed a lot of reasons and said, no one else has done it. If you're so sure this can work and you won't lose your career, name one actress who's working that has, who is working. And I couldn't think of anyone. I couldn't find anyone. There was not one. And then I re realized why I had zero <laughs> representations. I had zero like role models in that capacity, why it was something that... I never knew could be a positive thing because I grew up in the South in a conservative part of Texas 
you know, how would I think that this part of me that didn't feel wrong was really wrong? But I had no positive examples. The same in my industry, they told me, name one example of it working out. And I couldn't think of one, and I was like, damn. And I thought about the young me, and I was like, well, that, that's why I have to do it. That's why I can't be in. And everyone said, oh, just say it's your private life. It's private life. What am I going to do when I walk out? Which happened to me, actually, walking out of a salon, and I, you know, my, my, my ex picks me up, and we're holding hands walking down the parking lot, and normally that's a normal thing no one would care about. You know, I wasn't used to people jumping out of bushes and taking pictures of me, but it sometimes happened. And that happened, and I see this photographer, and we're walking hand in hand, and I went, in my, in my head I thought, shit, drop it, drop it. You know, I, I thought that, but I, I just <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't like connect, I couldn't let go. And more, more people started noticing, but because I looked the way I look, it, people didn't actually, they wouldn't believe, they, they didn't actually suspect it on a, on, a, on a big level. And then someone asked me at that event that was a, I think it was a, a female-focused media outlet, um, they asked me, is that true that that's your girlfriend? Uh, and I said, yeah, actually it is. And they said, to be clear, we're asking you <laughs> if it's your girlfriend, like, like you live together, but like not as friends. And she's like shaking and I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. no, she's right there. I mean, otherwise it'd be kind of weird. She just would be stalking me. <laughs> she's like taking pictures behind the scenes. And I just spoke from the heart. I just spoke candidly. She was like, why are you doing this? Why, what, what are you saying right now? This is, you know. And I, I just spoke from the heart in that moment about not having representation. Because I know that, that visibility is crucial. That's what we've seen in the wake of these social movements that have so transformed our country and the world, is that the, the value is in the voicing of it. The value is in the connection that we form when we hear other people say, I, I too, me too. Yes, me too. And the immense community and power we get from building that community is in its own self the worth. That's how we change. When we collectively act, we steadily and, collo and, and collectively act, we can impart dramatic social change. And we have seen our world shift dramatically solely from our adoption and respect of visibility. We have come out of yes. the closets, we have yes. come yes. forward yes. out of the dark, we have connected to one another, and we're saying we're allowed, we're here, this happened, this is real, and we want to change a world that gives respect to survivors, that believes survivors, and where we can address this so that we can make a safer space for us to push the conversation even further, and that we can be even more safe and even more collected, even more engaged. Because we are a part of this vast army of voices that are increasingly not accepting the silence. So visibility, whether it is you, know, you as an out person, or you as a, a proud trans woman, or you as, 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 as a male survivor, whatever, we need, to, we need to, to voice our opinions, we need to stand up and we need to speak out. Because that's how attitudes change, and that's how a culture will shift. And like I said before, like, unless you're happy with the way things are right now, did you actually suffer any consequences when that happened? <laughs> I'm actually curious. Have I don't you think used I asked Google. <laughs> well, it, on that front, well, I, 
I mean, clearly not. You are. Well, you've I had d- this incredible career, and but in part because I refuse to accept the status quo people put on me. Like you, after your show, you're refusing to accept the box that other people established for you. And part of how you do that is you redefine what the walls of the box are made out of. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I have. I have. I'm somebody who has obviously suffered the full force of the uh, of the wrath of our culture uh, when a woman or a survivor speaks up uh, against a more powerful force. I have seen that firsthand. I've de- from death threats to harassment to bullying uh, to invasions of my privacy to threats to my career, my livelihood, my safety, and and yet I'm I'm still here. I'm here because I, re- I refuse to accept those be the terms of my silence. I refuse to accept that those be the terms that other people who are in positions of power that seek to maintain, maintain the status quo have set for me. I refuse to stand in line. And, and Guys, can, how amazing work. is this? It can, it can work. It, can, it will work. And it will work as long as you stand up for what's right and speak your truth. You know, if you're, if you're quiet... It, you'll be ignored. That's how, we, that's how this has gone on for so long in so many different ways. Look at the tremendous amount of change that has happened on just the LGBTQIA front. I mean, when I was out and it made a splash, it was what, 2007 or eight or something, the landscape from then to now, when I was the only working actress doing this that I even heard of, to now where it's not even like people don't even care. You know, like the younger generations are like, Oh, you were? Anyway. You know, it's like, that's that's progress and it takes time and it requires people standing standing up and speaking. What are, I guess, what are some parting words for this group? I mean, you have an audience here of really ambitious and really engaged and really powerful women. And I guess I want to know what you want them to know. Like, what is, what's the last thing you want to say to this group of people? Um... Well, I would say I want to. I know that it can sometimes be overwhelming, you know, it, with the increased connection that we all have. We have an increased awareness of the world's injustices and 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 almost what it would appear to be insurmountable problems. But as I said before, we are an army of voices that have been silenced so long. You right now are sitting, and we among you are standing shoulder to shoulder, and we comprise a vast army of voices that could change the world. With the interconnectedness that we all share right now, with the, with the platforms and the power you have, you legitimately, look at Tarana Burke. In 2006, Tarana Burke, who founded the Me Too movement, in 2006, she couldn't have possibly imagined 11 years ago what that could mean, the, what the, the, the impact that could have. All of us with our platforms, our power, our hashtags, we don't know who's watching us or who we could affect. But one day, your daughter, your little cousin, younger person, someone else other than you, perhaps someone older than you that has not had the privilege of being able to speak out about things because they come from a different time, is going to be affected by the positive change, the difference that you make. They will be affected by it. They will be affected by your actions. So you just have to choose which side of history do you want to be on. Are you going to do that with your enormous, tremendous power and platforms, that which is good or not? Or that which is silent, right? Yep. We are so grateful to you for your passion and your commitment to justice. 
And all of you guys here. All of you, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this critically important work that Amber has been doing. And please, for the love of God, register and vote this year, next year, every year, local elections, national elections. Please, please, please vote. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. Ladies. Self-care is big business. While we're working harder than ever before, we're also working to take care of ourselves along the way, and we're willing to spend big bucks to do so. At Create and Cultivate's first ever self-care summit, we'll be exploring the world of self-care, from business of wellness to how the modern working woman turns off and disconnects after a long week in the office. If you're ready for a day of panels, keynotes, pop-ups, crystal readings, meditation sessions, and so much more, Everything you know and love from Create and Cultivate, head over to createcultivate.com to grab your tickets for the first ever self-care summit in Los Angeles on July 20th. We'll see you there. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty-gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.